All right, today is our, our annual Faith Promise Sunday. We missed uh, last year for different things with the pandemic. And uh, today we have missionary Raymond Garabegi. I don't know if I said that right. Is it close? Is it good close? And his wife, Edith, and uh, children, Noah and Eli, are with us. And Raymond is planting a church in St. Louis. We planted this church years ago. Uh, he's planning a church for Iranians here in the St. Louis area. And, uh, and he's going to tell us more about that. And uh, more, I think I will learn some things, too, about what is going on, what God is doing right here in St. Louis uh, with people that uh, their home country is Iran. So I'd like us to welcome uh, Raymond as he comes to share with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're glad to be here this morning. This is a blessing to visit you, and uh, this is an honor to be with you this morning. As Pastor Dan said, I'm here with my wife and two boys, Noah and Eli, and one invisible daughter that we're going to have soon in April. So, and uh, God is blessing us with this uh, new baby. Uh, my name is Raymond Garabegi. I'm from Iran originally. Both of us uh, were from Iran. We came to United States about 14 years ago, January 10th of 2008, as a religious refugee. And um, my background is that I was born in Iran before the revolution, and um, whatever I remember from my childhood is what only playing soccer and running after balls and and my life was surrounded with soccer, and I never been interested in spiritual stuff. All my interest was football, I mean soccer, and I became a professional soccer player in age of 16 and continued my life until I get married, and then in 27 years old, both of us, in the same day, we gave our life to Christ, and we got baptized in, them in the same day, but not the same day, but together we got in the same day baptized, and the Lord changed our lives uh, forever, and uh, we became a new um, creation in Him. So we left Iran in um, 2007, <clears throat> went to Vienna, we lived there in six months, and our destination was St. Louis. We never heard the word of St. Louis in our life, we didn't know where St. Louis is, we know what other cities like New York, Chicago, LA, and all those big cities, but we never heard about St. Louis. And we hardly could find St. Louis on the map. So, <laughs> and and in, in Vienna, we went to an Iranian church there. It was a, a, what, 25, 30 people church. And it inspired both of us at how they were passionate for Iranian in, the, in Vienna. So the three months, last three months in Vienna, my wife and I, we both, we pray every night that, um, Lord, we are going to the city called St. Louis. The only, only people we know is by my uncle and my dad's cousin, and we didn't know anybody here. We didn't know language. We didn't know how to say hi, hello, bye, but that's it. 
And uh, we were like praying, Lord, what are we going to do in this city? I mean, yeah, I know we're going to learn language. We can go to American churches, which is a blessing. But we want to do something for you. We just don't want to be a, like a church attendant in the city. And we didn't know any believers here, anybody who believed in Christ. So upon our arrival here, Lord started opening up doors for the people that were believers back in Iran. We started a home church. And the Lord directed us to a really good church not far away from your church, West County Assemblies of God, like 10 days after we came to U.S. So we started a home church that summer, and we opened up doors for other believers, if they are believers, and, and the other people, you know, Iranian, Muslim. So as you know, 99% of Iran's population is Shia Muslim. And there are like other population, other like group of I mean, faith and belief there. But the 99, 98% like Shia Muslim. And we started like the home church and then... Um, so I wasn't trained any any seminary training, anything, any Bible school training, nothing. All we had is just, Lord, we have heart for your kingdom. L let us know what we can do for you. So a year after, we moved to the building church, and we find a guy who started mentoring us. So we started little by little, you know, inviting people, starting having outreaches, throughout the year. We have some pictures out there in the computer. We started inviting non-believers to church and uh, we started like, sharing gospel with them and putting, starting making trust with the community, Iranian community. We have about four to 5,000 Iranians in St. Louis area, you know, St. Charles, St. Peter's. And uh, the, the community start kind of little by little kind of uh, trust in us and who we are and what we are doing. And uh, like five, six after that, we had two kids working full-time. Um, I'm a pharmacy technician. I'm a legal drug dealer. Uh, and uh, during the week, I push drugs. Weekends, I share the God's word with people. So it was like a challenge to us. To, like, how are we going to continue this? Because when people come, questions... We try to teach them, we try to discipleship. It takes lots of time, especially with Muslim background people. They are not group people, they are individuals. They're not going to open up in a big group. They're opening up in their houses. You have to go visit them to their houses. So the challenges start coming up. I don't have time. You know, I have two kids. I'm working full time. Um, I was getting tired. And uh, it was lots of challenges, like financially and uh, mentally, physically. Uh, and uh, we were praying about it, like what, sh what we can do, what is the solution? Because the church is small and most of them are new believers. They cannot support. And we have to teach them how to support, how to give. So I went to Pastor Jared, the West County's pastor, and I said, Pastor Jared... Uh, I don't know what to do. This is, this is tough to me. I cannot do it. And he said, let's pray. We pray about it. And a little bit after he came to me, he goes, Raymond, there is a way you can uh, kind of ease the load and do put, put more in the ministry. I said, okay. And he goes, you can be a U U.S. missionary. I said, 
does it cost? He goes, no, no, don't worry about the cost, there's no cost. All you need to do is just send your paper. And so I started the process. In 2019, I became uh, appointed U.S. missionary associate. And I started my uh, credentials with the AG. And we started kind of raising support to kind of drop the hours at work to be able to put more in people's life, you know, teaching them and sharing the word with them and spending time with the prayers and with them, you know, and our family too. And um, so since 2020, I started sharing our mission with different churches in the area that what God is doing with Iranians here. And there's opportunity. We cannot go to Iran because of the situation, political situation, but they are coming here. And this is great, you know? And this is a free country. I mean, the feeling we are sitting here freely in worship, sorry, maybe you don't realize what you have. Because back in my country, there is no legal church open. Shut down all the churches. And whoever goes to home church, they arrest them and they send them to prison for 5, 10, 8, 20 years. So what we have here, it's amazing. And as you pray for the freedom we have here, it's a freedom. It's a free country. We, if the other peoples are free to do whatever they want to do, we are free to do it, right? And nobody's going after us. So it's like, these people are coming to St. Louis. They are coming to get educated. This Iranian, they are coming for job. They are coming for education. And some coming as refugees. So why we cannot share gospel with them? Or, all maybe the maybe they oppose us maybe i get a slap it's okay but i'm not gonna go to prison at least you know <laughs> i don't matter if somebody punch me but it's that's the end of it you know but i'm not gonna go to prison but i have chance the freedom to share gospel with them the most of them they haven't heard about christ they don't know what christianity is and all they know about the Christianity was in the, in the news, in the political fights we have in the news. That's all they know. That Christians, they hate foreigners. The Christians are this, are that. And then like when we are talking to them, they go, no, this is not what Christ teaches us. And they were like, wow, this is not what we heard. I said, what, where did you hear it and what do you hear? That's a question. So we have opportunity here to share gospel with them. And today I want to share with you the, from the passage in Matthew 25:14. like a uh, few months ago I shared with my church and I encouraged them and challenged them. I'm not going to challenge you today, but I challenged my church over this. And um, today all I'm going to do, I'm going to just encourage you, okay? I don't want to challenge you. And challenge is Pastor Dan's job, not my job. Yeah. So... And um, I'm going to read this passage in Matthew 25, 14 to 18. Sorry, my accent, you may not get the, the complete words, but this is um, the English from Middle East, okay? <laughs> Bear with me. The word says, again, it will be like a man going to a journey who called his servant and entrusted his wealth to them. To one be give." Five bags of gold, in different translations says talents, it's like five talents. To another one, two bags, and to other one, one bag. Each according to his ability. Then he went on his 
journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So when I was reading this passage, it was very interesting to me, the, the story that Jesus is sharing with the people and his disciple. There is a man going to a journey. He has three servants, and he gives each servant, according to their ability, money. Like, talent, one talent was worth more than $1,000. So one got 5000 I mean, that's a good money. Not too bad. I mean, with the, all the prices going up, maybe it's not. But again, so one got 2000 and one got 1000 So the part was very interesting to me is that when the first two going out, putting those money in the work. And the one is eating the money instead of putting it in work. And what happened when the master come? He gave more to those who put the money in work. And he called them faithful servants. And he said, I gave you more. And what happened to the last one? He lost what he had because he didn't put it in work. So it was very interesting to me, the part of those two servants that put the money in work. And it's, it's, it's kind of a challenge at me that this is a, what we have to do. Putting our abilities, putting our responsibilities, putting our gifts, putting the way God invested in us to work. Everybody said work. 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 Uh, the master, who he called his two servants faithful servants because they put it in work and they gain more because they work with those monies. Working is God's plan for us. When we read the Genesis in the beginning, when the God creates heaven and earth, and after he creates the, the, the garden, he puts Adam in the garden to do the work of the garden, yes, you know, and take care of the garden. He didn't say, okay, Adam, this is your garden. Go and just eat and sleep. No, and we send you money, you know. The check is going to come to you. Just sleep there. No, he said, go and do the work of the garden, right? Paul calls in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, that he is the God's fellow workers, amen? He works for his kingdom. I'm sure most of us work here unless we are retired. And thank you for so many years of faithful working. And uh, if we don't work, what's going to happen? We're going to lose the house. We're going to lose the car. Who's going to pay the, the Corvette's, uh, you know, bill? And then, uh, you know, you cannot eat. You're going to starve. Exactly. You're going to lose everything. Working is essential, right? And... There are two kinds of work in the, in the spiritual realms. The one work for God's kingdom and one work for the world's kingdom. And we as believers are called to work for his kingdom. 
for God's, for Lord's, for Father's business. And when we put our talents in, in, in the process, in the work, what happened? The kingdom grows. When we put our responsibilities in the work, we don't hit it in the ground. When we put the way God entrusted in us, when we put our responsibilities in the house as a father, as a husband, as a child of God, the kingdom grows in the house. When we put our responsibilities, our, the way that God entrusted in us, in our workplaces, what's going to happen? The kingdom is going to grow in our workplaces. Amen? If we put our responsibilities the way God entrusted in us, in our neighborhood, what is going to happen? The kingdom is going to grow in the neighborhood. The neighbor is going to see how a believer looks like, and they're going to get interested to listen to you, listen to me. If we put our responsibilities as a, the child of kingdom in the work in our society, what's going to happen? The kingdom is going to grow in the society, right? The kingdom is going to grow in our city, in St. Louis. The kingdom is going to grow in our country, and then it's going to go behind our country to different countries. We should not be surprised with how the evil is growing. Oh, every day we said evil is growing. Oh, there is evil here. You know why? Because when we miss putting or we lack putting our responsibilities in the work, definitely evil is going to grow. Because there are others that are working. <laughs> They're working for evil. They're working for this world kingdom. So many years ago, I don't know how many years, the... Some U.S. missionaries, they went, they obey God, they went to Iran, they went to Middle East. And then they put their responsibilities, their callings to work. And they planted church in Iran. They poured in the believer's life. They raised pastors. They trained pastors. They support believers back in Iran. And what we see happening in Iran today, that Iran is the first most growing church in the world. Iran is first, Afghanistan is second. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen just sitting and praying. Yeah, praying is essential, I'm not saying no, but it happened because there are people who risked their life, they gave away all their belongings, all their uh, desires here in this country. They went back, they went to the Middle East, and they put it in those people's life. And what is happening today, after like so many years, we see the home churches growing. We see this Iranian believer standing in front of the prison and giving this presentation that he's going to prison for 10 years, and he's asking Fellow believers, pray for me. I'm going inside for 10 years. And I was like, whoa. It didn't happen overnight. It happens when people, they put their responsibilities in the work. They put whatever God entrusted in them in the work. That it happened in Iran in the 21st century. 
that still, after 2,000 years, we have martyred them in Iran in the 21st centuries. That the pastor, they've been murdered by the government because they stand up for the righteousness of God and they share gospel and the government, they slaughtered them. Like five, six of them in 21st century. Well, how did it happen? Because there were people who put their talented, their gold, their responsibilities in the work. In the same way, when we see the hatred grows, it's, it's not overnight either. When we see all the wars, when we see all the corruption, that is not overnight. That is when their servant of the darkness, they're working. They're putting their entrusted in the work, right? So today I'm trying to encourage you, sisters and brothers, please continue to work of kingdom. Be busy with Father's business. Jesus said, while is light, I am busy with Father's work. And we, as the children of God, we should be busy with Father's work. I know there is so many distractions in this country. Like they said, oh, it's hard to be Christian in the Middle East. But no, it's hard to be Christian in the United States. There's so many temptations here. I can say after 14 years. It's harder to be believer in this country than those Muslim countries. The, the, the Lord is not easier than there. So be busy with Father's work. Work for His kingdom. Put everything God entrusted in you in work. And then we'll see how the kingdom is going to grow. Uh, God entrusted in me with this ministry, with sharing gospel with Iranian in St. Louis. This is my talent. This is my bag of gold. And I am trying to put it in work. I met so many Iranians here that they didn't even hear about Jesus. The, all the Jesus they knew it's for, from Quran. A prophet. Seven years ago, a young man came to our church. He was a student. He came as a student to get his PhD in physics. I don't know why Iranians, all of them, they're studying physics, but I don't know. I guess that's all they can do. And um, he, he started coming to our church, and he, he goes, you're the first Iranian group I met in St. Louis. Uh, he was coming every Sunday, then his wife joined him. So after a few months coming to church, so we always on announcement, we announce if somebody has a question, you can come to us. If you want to do more uh, study, you can come and we can, you know, spend the time. So he came to me and he goes, uh, you preach and I like the way you preach, but we don't understand so many things. I said, yeah, it's not surprising. So you're from different faith background or belief background system. So we, we set up a Bible study every Wednesday night. So every Wednesday night, I was going after work, after 8, I was going there, driving there, I was getting there like 8.30, having Bible study, and getting home back home around 
midnight. And we did it for a year. We started, I mean, the first day, they started asking questions from here, from there, why God is doing this, why this happened to my aunt, why that the philosophy is saying this, the other one is saying that. I said, okay, wait a second. I don't know all the questions in the world because I'm a limited human like you. All I know that Jesus changed my life. And where you can, we can read the Bible. So we started reading the New Testament. We start from Matthew. I said, Matthew was a good guy. He was a money collector. So let's start from him. <laughs> so we started from Matthew. And then um, we finished Matthew after a year. And after a year, the husband, one night, he asked this question. And he goes, um, Raymond, they never call me pastor, so I don't mind. They call me Raymond. I said, yeah, since everybody loves Raymond, you can just call me Raymond. I don't <laughs> mind to get that. And um, he goes, Raymond, I said, what? Uh, he said, uh, how we can give our life to Christ? And I was like, excuse me? He goes, how we can give our life to Christ? I said, Let's me, let me clear my ear that I'm hearing it right. He, I said, you want to give your life to Christ? And he goes, yes. I said, sure, why not? And he said, just a simple prayer. So we pray for him, and he gave his life to Christ. And, and yes, praise Lord. And a couple months after, the wife gave her life to Christ. They got baptized a few months after. We still continue studying, and it happens to so many other people that we had chance. We had so many people, we, we planted the seed, but we, never, we haven't seen it yet. Someone we planted the seed, they moved to different city. But we are praying for those seeds. I planted, someone we watered, and God is going to raise that, those seeds in their life. And when we share the God's word, give it out, share with people, it works in their life. We have a big opportunity here in this country. Maybe media or like, the social media, or I don't know, telling us that the church is going down, that Christians are not, uh, I don't know, successful, but the God is working. Amen? That God is always a winner. <laughs> Maybe we don't see it, but He is always a winner for eternity. He is the winner one. And his victory, I mean, I'm a soccer player. I was looking for victory. <laughs> his victory is not one game or one week or one year or one season. His victory is forever. Amen? Amen. And his victory in our life is forever. Right? We get discouraged, but remember that he is winner and we have victory in him. So let's put what he in, entrusted in our life and put it in work. And work with it. And we're going to see how in our home the atmosphere is going to change. In our workplace, the atmosphere is going to change. In our city, the atmosphere is going to change. In our country, the atmosphere is going to change. The God, the same way he entrusted in me, he trusted in you too. You don't have to be a full-time minister to be a missionary. Amen? You are a missionary. You are a missionary in your home, in your city, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. You are a missionary. 
Go after Father's business. Do not give up. Amen. And be a missionary where you are. And then you're going to see how God is going to show the miracles. How God is going to change people's life. From your Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and the rest of the world. Let's stick to our Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Dan.